Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. What is good, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Off Day Debrief, part of the SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats Guerrero, joined as always by Brandon Lee Gowden of Bleeding Green Nation. What's up, BLG? Well, Stats, uh, there's actually a big surprise here at the top of the show. I can't believe that people didn't know about this, but uh, as I turn off my camera real quick, because there's a little, little bit of a thing behind the scenes going on here. Wait it's a, it's a, we need to happening? figure this out. Oh my gosh, it's Stats' birthday. Happy birthday, Stats. It's a birthday. For those who are listening to the podcast and can't see the visual medium, I am wearing a birthday hat in honor of Stats. So happy birthday, buddy. Thank you. That is the absolute best present that I have gotten today. That is outstanding. And I just want to say really quick, I don't care what people think. I don't care if you think it's dumb. I like my birthday. I like it to be a big deal. I like people to acknowledge it. I don't care. I'm 37. I'm still into it. So thank you very much. You only get so many, right? And then uh, they stop at a certain point. So uh, (laughs) why not, you know, uh, at least acknowledge it, have some fun. Uh, And stats, why don't we have a great podcast for the listeners to give them a gift on your birthday? Hell yeah. That sounds like the best possible thing we can do. We want to remind you here that DraftKings Sportsbook is a sponsor of the show. They are an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNNFL only at DraftKings. And we both should be in a good mood today because both of our teams are not worried about the offseason. We're not worried about the coaching carousel. We're not worried about any of that right now because they are both in the playoffs We are going to power rank the playoff teams on today's show. We still have MVP and LVP points to worry about. We've got coaching carousel news as well. There is a ton to get to, BLG. I just want to know, did you rank the playoff teams? Do you have a set ranking? I do, Stats. I actually did the ranking of all 32 teams still, which I will be posting on BleedingGreenNation.com. And uh, look, I don't just go, and I've talked about this before with you, Stats. It's not just about, hey, the top 14 teams in the league are automatically the playoff teams. Like, no, that's not always what happens, right? It's not like, hey, uh, the the teams that did make the playoffs, those are definitely the top 14 teams. No, that's not always the case. So uh, uh, a little tease there in terms of looking ahead to what we have here that, I would say that not, again, all the 14 best teams necessarily made the playoffs. I ranked them myself yesterday. I just did the playoff team, so I just did the top 14. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but when I was just just taking playoff teams, I have like three criteria that I look at. The first is your head coach. Are you a good situational head coach, a good game manager? What do you do in critical situations? Time management, all that stuff. Huge factor in the playoffs. I look at your quarterback. Do you have a quarterback that can flat out just go God mode, take over a game, overcome when, you know, a pass rusher gets free, tight coverage, whatever the case may be. And then I look at your defense. You don't need to have an elite defense, but what you need to be able to do is at least force turnovers. If you can consistently force turnovers, 
you can give your team a chance in the playoffs and, and give your team a chance at a Super Bowl. That was my three biggest criteria when I did my power rankings. Do you think I left anything out? Do you have any issues with that? I don't have any issues with that. Uh, I guess one thing I will add, and it's obviously only for two of the teams, is that playoff seeding to me absolutely matters. And like having, you know, the number one seed is a big advantage. And especially, let's just say, in the case of the Tennessee Titans, like if the Titans did one seed, I probably wouldn't ranking them necessarily as high. But that's absolutely a factor, especially when you look at them and potentially getting Derrick Henry back. Yeah, and I think when you look at a team like the Titans, too, it's like, do I have confidence in them to win three games and get to a Super Bowl? Maybe. But if they only have to win two games to get to a Super Bowl, obviously that com- that that's a big factor. That changes things considerably. So I think that's a good point, and I should have uh, accounted for that when I did my rankings. All right, how do you want to do this? Do you want me to reveal my bottom team, or how do you want to go about Yeah, it? I feel like... I feel like we should go from bottom up, you know, um, because isn't that your, your, I mean, maybe there isn't a lot of suspense at the top, but I feel like it's more interesting if we start from the bottom and work our way up. Okay. Now I don't think you're going to like this, but Uh-oh. I have, I do have the Eagles at number 14, not for, <sighs> it's going to sound like a knock, but I don't mean it to be a knock. The only reason I had them at 14 is because not because I don't think that they can do it. I just don't know. I don't know about Nick Sirianni. Is he a good game manager or not? I have no idea. Can Jalen Hurts go God mode? Mm, I don't think so. I think even if Jalen Hurts played at his absolute best, he could still get beat. And the Eagles defense, no problems with the Eagles defense. I I have no qualms. They're not amazing, but they're, they're good enough. Um, but it was more about just not knowing what I have in Philadelphia as opposed to me saying, I don't believe in them. So I think there's a definitive right answer for the worst team in the playoffs. And it should be the one that shouldn't have made the playoffs because there should have been a tie on Sunday night. And <laughs> it has to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, obviously, Mike Tomlin, really good head coach, and that bumps them up. But, I mean, Big Ben is done, man. He's just donezo out there. Like, there's there's no juice to squeeze from that orange there. Like, there's just there's nothing there. So I had to have him last. I actually power ranked them behind the Chargers who didn't make the playoffs. And it's, what a crime stats. Like, yeah. like it's such it's it's such a shame that we do not get to see Justin Herbert in the playoffs. We need to watch. And I'm not even a Steelers hater. I'm really not. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm in Pennsylvania and I like the Eagles. And I don't like this. It's really not that. Like, I, I like the Steelers. I don't have a problem with them. But I just I, you can't tell me this is like one of the best 14 teams and one of the teams we absolutely need to see in the playoffs. So to me, I have to have the Steelers dead last. I have the Eagles a couple spots ahead of them. Um, I have the Raiders right above the Steelers who, you know, just made the playoffs. And then I know the Eagles lost the Raiders earlier this year. But I think you kind of have to give the Eagles some credit for looking good down the stretch and doing some good things. I'll be against weaker teams. You know, I think you still. I have to look at how they handled those teams and didn't, you know, just merely get by them. Um, So uh, I have the Eagles, yeah, third to last instead of just last like you. Well, so I was between the Eagles and the Steelers for me, and I agree with everything you said about the Steelers, and they kind of like, I'm violating my own rules because I think that Tomlin is a good coach. I do have some questions about him situationally, but overall, he's a very good coach. Their defense is incredible. It's the only reason Mm -hmm. that they're even in the playoffs. But I have such little faith and confidence in Ben Roethlisberger that I still put them second to last. Like, if honestly, if their defense wasn't so good, I would have made them the last team. Like, nobody wants to see them. Ben is totally and completely cooked. And you're right. It is such a bummer. 
that Justin Herbert has to watch the playoffs and we have to watch Big Ben throw three yard passes and then tell us how injured he is after the game. Like, no, man, we do not need that in our lives right now. But I totally agree with everything you said about the Steelers. I actually had the Raiders at 12. Mm. The Raiders deserve a ton of credit, a ton of credit. Like it comes down to week 18 and I'm looking at the playoff scenarios. I'm like, wait, the Raiders get in with a win. Like they're still alive. I just kind of like wrote them off and just figured like, Hey, it's one of these lost seasons. They're going to need a new coach, whatever the case may be and give them credit, man. They, they didn't give up and they're in the playoffs. And I, I do have faith in Derek Carr that when he plays at his best, he can sling it. Now, I don't know about the coach. I don't really know about the defense, but you know, Carr is, is, can be legit at times. So I couldn't put them last. I had to put them at 12. So they're, but they're in that group. Like you mentioned. Obviously, a good four-game winning streak here to end the season. Some some close calls in there. Uh, they only beat the Browns by two points. They only beat yep. the Broncos by four points. They only beat the Colts by three points. Obviously, the game almost ended in a tie <laughs> against the uh, Chargers there. So, uh, haven't been crushing teams. I do agree Derek Carr probably isn't getting enough credit, maybe. like Again, not... Uh, one of these top five guys, but you know, he's, he's like top 10 kind of in that conversation at least, and, and has done some really good things. And for the Raiders to be in the playoffs, I believe stats for like the second time in 19 years or something like that, you know, that's, that's really nice. <laughs> and also uh, some phrasing that a lot of people have used about to describe this Raider season is it feels like it's been like five different seasons within one season for them, just everything that's gone on. So I definitely think, again, you have to give them credit for being here. I think all of us really everywhere are like willing to give them a pass this year, the way things, you know, kind of went because it's just like, how could you possibly reasonably expect this to be, you know, your season things are going on. And, you know, I think their ceiling is capped in the playoffs. I mean, you look at some of the better teams they played against, obviously the chiefs have been a big bugaboo for them this year, not so much last year, but this year they got blown out by them twice. And then their first round opponent this year stats, the Bengals, right? Um, they got blown out by them uh, in Cincy. So that's kind of just like, I don't necessarily believe in them going the distance at all uh, in yes. the playoffs, just because when you look at those things, but um, you know, they're solid. I, I have them again, the second to, to last team. And I have them above the, or have them below the Eagles. And they obviously beat the Eagles earlier this season. I think those, you know, that was week seven. A lot of things have changed since then, which I think is why I can do that. Uh, and it's also, I think it's close, um, but yeah, I have them towards the bottom and everyone else would as well. And so you can go to bleedinggreennation.com and check out Brandon's power rankings. We've been doing it all season long. The only 100% accurate power rankings in the entire NFL podcast kingdom. Mine are not up anywhere, so you're going to have to listen to the whole show if you want my official rankings. I have the (laughs) Bengals at number 11, one spot ahead of the Raiders. To me, when when Burrow is on, man, he is special. And Chase is special. And I just love the way, if it's working with Chase, Burrow's like, screw it. I'll just chuck it up to him every single play. Like, I love that. They have a little swagger to them. Their defense can be okay. Um, Zach Taylor, I don't know about. That was my big kind of bugaboo mm-hmm. with with Cincy. Like, do how much faith do I have in him? I mean, I really thought he was going to be canned maybe halfway through the season. And now they're in the playoffs. So that's that's how little faith I had in Zach Taylor. Do you think I have Cincinnati too low? Yeah, way too low. I have Cincinnati as my second team in the AFC. What? Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, why not? They are they are hot going into the playoffs. Joe Burrow, you know, I always say 
first you know playoff young quarterbacks their first time in the playoffs typically doesn't go amazing for them so you know i will give you that i will concede that much but you know if you're talking about betting on an exception right now how about the guy who's throwing out for like 500 yard games and like looking (laughs) awesome and also was you know the number one overall pick like there's a there's a high ceiling here there's a lot of talent here you know the support that he has with jamar chase and everything i hear you on the zach taylor point but I can't say that he's enough of a deterrent for me to like be out on him fully Mm -hmm. in the way that, you know, I have really big questions about Sean McVay. Although, you know, obviously Zach Taylor does come from Sean McVay. And I think, you know, there's been numbers um, indicating that Zach Taylor has been a little too conservative, which I don't love. So I I hear you uh, and, and I get, you know, maybe this team is not ready to go the distance just yet, but man, uh, I, I, I like the upside here. I think they they have an interesting ceiling with everything that's going on for them. And yeah, I just I, I felt good about. It. I put them above the Titans. Crazy enough. Wow, the number one. So like my kind of rule for this too was like when you get down to the nitty gritty, I have to be able to see this team winning a Super Bowl. I have to be able to do it, and I just can't see the Cincinnati winning enough games to win a Super Bowl. Even though I love them, and like you said, they are such an interesting team. Like that is. They're such a great playoff team because there's so many interesting storylines with them. But I just don't think that they can. I cannot see them. And maybe it's just because I'm scarred by the years of losing. But I can't see that black and orange helmet with somebody like raising the Lombardi trophy over their head. I just can't picture it in my mind. Sure, you've seen uh, the memes going around that go around all the time. And our Bingo Sands listeners are probably uh, think tacky or tired to bring it up. But of, of the uh, the thing where it's like, there's never been a text message about a Bengals playoff win because the Bengals haven't won in the playoffs <laughs> since like text like text messaging wasn't a thing uh, the wow. last time the Bengals won in the playoffs. So uh, so maybe there will be some text this year that could be cool. Um, a TikTok even a bunch of those like a lot of different wow. things that were, that weren't around the last time the Bengals won in the playoffs. So I think they're due stats. I think they're finally due. Yeah, and, and again, not necessarily saying they're due to go the distance, but I think they're due for at least the win. And I think they're a team that no one wants to play. I would agree with that. I mean, they are going to be a tough out for somebody, uh, whoever gets, uh, I guess, this. it'll be Vegas first up, but uh, they're not going to be fun to play for sure. All right, you might, I don't know how you're going to feel about this one. My number 10 team, the Arizona Cardinals. And I know that they have a good record, but I have no faith in Cliff Kingsbury situationally whatsoever. I think he's super conservative. I think he stinks as a situational game manager, but they have Kyler Murray and Kyler. If Kyler plays at his best, he's damn near impossible to stop. So I couldn't put them any lower than 10 and they have a solid, very good defense. So Arizona has some components there that I love, but ultimately if it comes down to Cliff, I have zero faith in him to manage the game properly. Also, he just chokes, as we talk about all the time. So there's there's that, too. I mean, where they lose four out of their last six? Yeah, so I was going to bring up every team in the NFC playoff picture stats, every single team except the Cardinals finished the season four and one in their last five games. The Cardinals finished one and four. <laughs> they, <laughs> that is a terrible – We I talked about it on the show here and with RJ before, too, like – there was a if they if they didn't beat the Cowboys, you know, they're 0 and 5 heading into the playoffs. Like, how do, how do you feel about that? Not so great. Now, that win over the Cowboys was really good. And I think kind of shows you that there is still hope for them. They're not like this hopeless team. There is, like you said, with Kyler and everything, they can, they're capable of beating 
a team in the playoffs. They're capable of winning a game. I don't think they're consistent enough to go on the run to make the distance, but you know, they're, they're not like a, a free win by any means, even though they've been struggling. So I had them just above the Eagles in my rankings in my power rankings, you know, as a whole, I have them just outside the top 10. Um, so, you know, I have 10 other playoff teams ahead of them. Um, yeah, I, I can't fully buy them right now. And I, and I toyed with putting the Eagles ahead of them. I was like, can I do it? Should I do it? The Eagles haven't really beat anyone, but I just don't feel great about the Cardinals right now. So uh, it's kind of a bummer to be a Cardinals fan and like be the team early in the season. And, you know, you're hyped and you're getting excited. And then you have this slow finish. And all yep. of a sudden, like you're kind of just an afterthought heading into the playoffs. Think of the, like, the comparison between Brian Flores and Cliff Kingsbury, right? The Dolphins start out one and seven. They're horrible. Then they lose mm. one game the rest of the year. And Brian, Brian Flores gets fired by the Dolphins. <laughs> and here you got Cliff Kingsbury starting seven and zero, oh, and then just completely sputtering down the stretch. And you're right. Like it, it's bad for, for as much talent is on that Cardinals team. They sure seem to find a way to lose a lot of these games pretty damn frequently. Um, so why don't we get into the top 10 stats, or at least for me. Uh, I have the New England Patriots at the 10th spot and also kind of a team, not entirely the same as the Cardinals, but a team that was like kind of peaking there for a little bit. And everyone's like, oh, man, watch out. The Patriots are back. Tom Brady, who needs that guy? We have Mac Jones. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if people were saying exactly that, but, you know, everyone's like Mac Jones looking really good. Bill Belichick is back um, and didn't really finish the season on the strongest note. I thought no. that loss to the Dolphins was a little concerning. I know they didn't have like the most to play for in terms of uh, like the Bills, you know, obviously just had to beat the Jets to win the AFCs and they did that. So it's not like, you know, the, the you know, if even if the Patriots won, it would have changed everything for them. But still, like, uh, you know, you got swept by that Dolphins team that just fired their head coach, by the way. And mm-hmm. I think with some of these limitations that we've seen from Mac Jones, it's, a, it's another team that, you know, you, you have to question the ceiling of. Um, so I have them 10. And I think part of that is you're giving them the benefit of the doubt to some extent, because it is Bill Belichick. And we've seen Mac Jones do some things that you you can think maybe, okay, he might not be a total liability and they can lean on the run game and the defense and they can win a game like that. But I don't really think you're, you're seeing them do much more than that. Yeah, I think you summed it up pretty good. I actually had the Patriots at seven. Uh, and that's giving an immense amount of respect to Bill Belichick. I think no coach is better situationally than he is. I have every confidence in him to scheme up defenses and just – come up with some game plans, especially if he has to face, you know, one of these younger, less experienced playoff quarterbacks. I love that advantage for New England. But to me, ultimately, the Mac Jones thing was where I really, that's what held them back from being higher. And it's nothing against Mac Jones, but the knock on him coming out was ceiling. And that's still what I look at now. Like, I don't know how much better Mac Jones can play than he's played fairly recently. You know, he can be efficient. And he can be move the chains and do all that stuff. But if you're asking him to make a play outside of the structure of the offense, you know, to overcome adversity, I'm not sure that he can do that. And so playoff games come down to that a lot of times, as much as we talk about like game planning and preparation and all that stuff, you know, and and it goes back to my own experience. Like sometimes it's third and 15 and you need Patrick Mahomes to drop back 25 yards and chuck a 40 yard laser to Tyreek Hill. Like, and I just don't have the confidence that Mac Jones can do that. So I had them a little higher than you did. I had them at seven, but I agree with most of your reasons for putting them where they are. So the team I had right above them is a team they're going to play in the first round, a team that they faced twice this year, the Buffalo bills. Um, Bills have been a little bit shaky too. 
Uh, not going to lie, Josh Allen, you know, uh, with the turnovers and everything. But I do feel better than them about uh, than I do about the Patriots. I mean, is that the boldest thing to say, considering they won the division? Perhaps not. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, I think a lot of people were kind of writing off Buffalo at a certain point when they did lose to the Patriots in that game in the wind. And, you know, Mac Jones only threw three times and everything. But obviously, the Bills came back to beat the Patriots in Foxborough. Um, so I have them slightly ahead of the Patriots. I think they're kind of in a similar tier right now. But I'm going to ride, you know, with Josh Allen, like the upside of him, like making some big plays. And if you recall stats, we've seen some interesting stuff from Josh Allen in the playoffs before. It can yes. be very chaotic <laughs> and very fun. And you don't always know what you're going to get. And that can be a good thing sometimes. Uh, it could also be bad. So that, that's, that's kind of why I don't have them any higher than nine. But I'm interested to see the Bills in the playoffs. Yeah, get ready for a random lateral attempt by Josh Allen. You never know. Uh, I actually had the Bills at four. I was pretty high on Buffalo. Wow. Um, I do agree that Josh Allen could could be the reason that the Bills win the Super Bowl. He could also be the reason that the Bills lose in the first round. There is some yes. volatility there. Um, but if he's at his best, look out. I mean, you're talking about somebody that's as physically talented and can make plays, any kind of play, any kind of throw that you could possibly imagine. I love McDermott. I'm a huge, I've always been a Sean McDermott fan. Their defense is okay. Uh, it's not mm. amazing. Um, but I just have so much faith in Josh Allen. And in a way, I think the Bills are kind of a lot like the 49ers in that Buffalo has, I think a lot of this season has just been about like, just get us back to the playoffs. We have unfinished business. We need to handle that and take care of that. I think that, I mean, you listen to what Josh Allen said after they clinched a division. He was like, yeah, great. Hats and T-shirts are cool, but it's not about that. I think that their whole focus has been getting back to where they were and handling their business in the playoffs. So I, I was really high on the Bills. I took them at number four. So you're you're uh, more conservative with them than I am. I actually dropped them in my rankings from eight to nine because I moved this team ahead of them. And uh, I, I know this team is number one on your list, but it's the San Francisco 49ers <laughs> who – they're there. They made the playoff stats. How about that? It was not a definite and it was not looking great. Right. When the 49ers were trailing at halftime and and, you know, you're ready to fire everyone or, you know, obviously get Jimmy G out of there. But I am not going to sit here and tell you that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is the greatest thing. Obviously, you watch him a lot more than me, but I feel like, you know, he's come up in some big moments this year. And that doesn't mean he should be your franchise quarterback, but. I'm just saying, like, he has come up big in some big spots, and now obviously he is not the straw that stirs the drink there in San Francisco by any means. And th the reason you would have confidence in the 49ers in the playoffs and why I think they could be an interesting, very interesting upset candidate against the Cowboys is, like, obviously it's the talent on the roster. It's George Kittle. It's Debo Samuel, who's, like, freaking unstoppable. And the way <laughs> I would describe... Debo right now is a problem. Like he's very much a problem for other teams to deal with because it, even if you have everything like schemed up for him, it doesn't matter. Like he's a guy who's going to break through contact and break through tackles. And the 49ers are going to find different interesting ways to get him the ball. It's not, you know, he's not just going to be lined up as a running back. He's not just going to be lined up as a wide receiver, like very creative weapon for the 49ers to use. Obviously the defense has playmakers on it between Bosa and Fred Warner. So uh, yeah. Do, do I think the 49ers can go the distance with Jimmy G at quarterback? No, but we've seen them make the Super Bowl before. Um, so I don't know. They could go on a little bit of a run here.
There are some teams that are built for the regular season, and there are some teams that are built for the playoffs. The 49ers are built for the playoffs. They have playmaking guys. You know, we talk about quarterbacks that can make plays outside of structure. You mentioned it with Debo. They have a lot of guys, the Niners do, that just flat out break tackles and make plays with the ball in their hands. Uh, You talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. The way I heard him described by Grant Cohn, one of the 49ers beat writers, was perfect. He said, Jimmy Garoppolo is an arsonist that fights fires. And that's exactly what he is. (laughs) Yes, Jimmy Garoppolo, at the end of that game, led some drives down and got the 49ers in position to win it. He also was the reason that they needed to do that because he threw two crushing interceptions and he had a fumble that basically torpedoed their second possession of the game. So it's it's a mixed bag at best with Jimmy Mm -hmm. Garoppolo. I actually have the Niners at six. I, mm. Their roster is loaded with playoff experience, obviously, because they're bringing so many people back from the Super Bowl team. So you love that. This defense has been playing out of its mind for the back half of the season. They're actually getting healthier. Kyle Shanahan said yesterday, this is the healthiest this team has been all season. Um, now, the quarterback is the only the only issue. Even if J- Jimmy Garoppolo is not capable of going God mode. He's he's just not. No. He's got a slightly higher ceiling than Mac Jones, but not much. And he's he can absolutely be the reason the 49ers lose. So he is the only part of the team that I don't love in terms of making a playoff run. That was a big win, though, to beat the to beat the Rams in that spot to get in. Um, I definitely think you you feel good about where the 49ers are. And you know, when we had Shilkapadia, our good friend on here, you know, mm-hmm. was it like a month ago or so? He did say 49ers stats, your team. Is the is the team no one wants to play, and I think that's kind of true, honestly. Now at this point, I've reached that, and it doesn't help that they're playing the Cowboys in the first round. And I can say that, and I can really, you know, stick the knife or not the knife, the uh, the fork, the needle, whatever. Uh, I'm not going to stab RJ, but I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to to annoy him. Um, so, uh, but seriously though, I, I do think they're a, an interesting team to watch when you're talking about you know the lower seeds, not the division winners, one of the wild card teams. Absolutely, um, but I. I do have the Cowboys right ahead of them with all due respect stats at number number seven, seven at number seven on my list. Uh, This was a weird week, obviously with the Cowboys, you know, taking advantage of the Eagles having basically like literally every starter either inactive Mm -hmm. or on the COVID list. Like anyone drawing any kind of meaning out of that game in terms of, Oh, the Cowboys are back. Are they built positive momentum? Are they fixed things like, I think it's a bit much. If anything, I felt like that was kind of a moral loss for the Cowboys because that game was close in the first half. That was like a game. The the Cowboys are playing. They're starting like most of their starters. Obviously, they didn't have Trayvon Diggs. They didn't have Micah Parsons. And, you know, that's significant. And they also didn't have Tyron Smith. But still, they had a lot of their starters and they were like in a competitive game with these. And not just like Eagles backups, like backups (laughs) who've been in the league and like guys, you know, who kind of been around and just aren't good starters. The Eagles are putting like practice squad players who had never played in the NFL at all. Like this was their first game. And some of the guys were like playing their position for the first time. Like the Eagles starting center in that game had never played that spot. Mm -hmm. Like so for the Cowboys to kind of be in a game with that Eagles team. And also, you know, I love to talk about three letters on this show. And that's BLE, Big Loser Energy. The Cowboys were celebrating in that game like they won the Super Bowl when they were scoring <laughs> touchdowns on this Eagles JV team. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, I get, OK, you scored a touchdown. You're happy. I'm not saying they can't celebrate, but like the extent of the exuberance was like over the top. And I'm like, what is going on here? Um, so I, I didn't love that from the, the Cowboys. It feels like it just felt a little a little weird to me, a little off. Um, so 
I don't know where I'm at with this team. I obviously I've said before that I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I think they have what it takes to go the distance, but there's just something I don't trust here, and it's probably Mike McCarthy. <laughs> That's my biggest bugaboo with them. And look, we've seen Mike McCarthy win a Super Bowl, so it's not like it can't happen. But he's the only part of the team that I don't like. Their defense can force turnovers maybe better than any other defense in the playoffs. They're excellent at it. They have a running game between Zeke and Tony Pollard that can move the ball. Dak is obviously fantastic. I mean, there are a lot of really great parts to this Cowboys team. My question with them would be how many great teams have they beaten this year? Mm. I feel like they haven't had the most difficult schedule. RJ has talked about the pathetic list of quarterbacks that they have faced. So I don't know. (laughs) Do we have a totally accurate picture of how good the Cowboys are? I don't know. I have seen Mike McCarthy lose a ton of playoff games that he had the better team in. A ton of playoff games that he had the better team in. And the better quarterback. He's the only part of their team that I don't like. And a lot of people are already saying now that they think the 49ers are a tough matchup for them. That actually makes me a little nervous as a Niner fan because Dallas is going to be hearing all week about how the 49ers are going to beat them. But I do think the Cowboys should be nervous. And my faith in Mike McCarthy, and I've never been a McCarthy guy, is at an all-time low, and so we'll see. And I, I'm interested to see how that game goes this week. Uh, two questions for you, Stats. One, uh, what is the Cowboys' best win this season and why you look at their schedule, potentially, if you don't have that in front of you? Uh, are the 49ers going to beat the Cowboys? I need to know this. A lot of Eagles fans are listening to this podcast, Stats, and are hoping that the 49ers can crush the Cowboys' dreams. Are they going to make it happen? I think the the best win for the Cowboys this year is probably, oh man, the Chargers, maybe, in week two. Um, and the Chargers are not even a playoff team, so what does that tell you about their schedule? I do think the 49ers are going to win this week, to be honest with you. I think they absolutely are. <laughs> I think they're... I, I think that they are going to be able to move the ball on the Cowboys' defense, and I think that they're going to be able to run the ball well enough so that Kyle doesn't have to give the ball to Jimmy Garoppolo. And We've seen Kyle Shanahan. He has no issue going away from Jimmy G in the playoffs if the running game is working because the Cowboys' defense, they'll, they generate turnovers. So if Kyle can avoid and hide Jimmy Garoppolo, which I think he's going to be able to do, I don't think the Cowboys are going to be able to score enough, as weird as that sounds. I think the Niners are going to win this game, and I think they're going to be they're going to out physical the Dallas Cowboys. Why don't we take a break here, stats, before we get into our top six teams? Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this podcast comes from Smart Water. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smart Water Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smart Water Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Back here on the Off Day Debrief, we are power ranking the NFL teams. We are in some pretty elite territory now. We're getting down to the nitty gritty, top, top six teams. Um, 
I actually want to talk about this team since we were just talking about the 49ers, and that's the team the Niners beat, the Rams. Mm. I have the Rams at number nine in my rankings. Wow. I was really disappointed with Matt Stafford in this game. In the first half of the game, he was awesome. He threw one incompletion in the first half of that game. He was throwing dots all over the field. In the second half of the game, I don't know what the hell he was doing. I mean, even the interception at the end of the game that he throws, Odell Beckham Jr. has Ambry Thomas beat. He's cooked on the 49ers. And when he first threw the ball and the first time, you know, the, the camera kind of pans over and you see who they're throwing to. And I just see Odell one-on-one behind Ambry Thomas. And I was like, oh my God. And then all of a sudden I see Ambry Thomas just turn around and intercept the ball. It was like 15 yards under thrown. Stafford, as much as I have been a proponent of him, he has not looked good in the second half of this season. Sean McVay is ultra, ultra, ultra conservative. And so as much as, as much talent as the Rams have, I have them at number nine. So Matthew Stafford last four games to end the season stats, interception, three interceptions, two interceptions, two interceptions, Ooh. not great to have at least one pick in the last four games. And then three, three, of the last three with multiple and one, three in those games. And also he had a fumble lost in that stretch too. So uh, not exactly taking care of the ball, which is a big concern. And one of the things that, I've always pointed out here with him or recently always uh, is like, where is the track record that you're relying on you know, with him in terms of obviously he has made the playoffs a lot because that's hard to do when you're on the Detroit Lions for a long time. Um, but when he's got there, you know, it's not like he lit it up either. So I think that's just a hard thing to assume. That's definitely going to be great in the playoffs. Now, obviously the Rams have a lot of star talent on that roster, uh, you know, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and everything. So uh, you feel like, okay, um, you know, they might be able to figure this out. Maybe Stafford finds a way to get past all this. Maybe it's, you know, he can get back to the earlier season form and he's not going to continue to be terrible down the stretch. But I don't love like counting on that right now. Uh, and absolutely, I thought the Eagles would be lucky to kind of play the Rams in the first round because of Stafford's struggles. And as you mentioned, Sean McVay turtling up in a big moment. You know what's going to happen. Like I know, again, we always kind of beat that drum and harp on that. And you might think it's overblown. I don't think it is. I think when you get to a playoff game, you're probably going to be playing a one score game. You know, this isn't the regular season where you can just blow out the bad teams and Sean McVay, you know, not going for it on a fourth down isn't really going to cost him because he can just, you know, run up the score later anyway. No, like the, the margin for error in the playoffs goes without saying is much more thin. And there's going to be a key spot in which the Rams can go for it and have this big advantage and get a touchdown or whatever that seals the game or whatever it is. And Sean McVay's not going to do it. He's going to kick the field goal. He's going to punt. He's going to be way too conservative. And that's going to end up costing the Rams. It should have done it. That should have happened in that like God awful sequence when the Rams played the Saints back in the NFC championship game. And it ended up not costing the Rams because uh, Drew Brees choked and then Sean Payton <laughs> choked and there was the pass interference penalty. Like all those things happened, but that didn't mean it was a good decision by Sean McVay. Like he got bailed out. Football gods for some reason rewarded him for being a coward in that spot. So I don't have confidence in the Rams when it comes to going the distance. You saw it last week, the 49ers, it was fourth and 18. They punted the ball with a minute and 57 seconds left. They punted the ball back to the Rams at that point. The 49ers, according to Next Gen Stats, had a 0.4% chance of winning the game against the Rams. <laughs> and so what did what did McVay do? Despite the fact that the Rams could not run the ball at all in this game, he gets the ball back, run, run, 
run. The Rams gained mm-hmm. five yards on three plays, and they only took off like 15 seconds of game time because the 49ers had all their timeouts. And so, bam, they punt the ball back to the 49ers, and the 49ers go down the field, tie the game, and win in overtime. If mm-hmm. you're the Rams, you acquired Matt Stafford for moments like that, right? Even if you want to run on the first two downs, I get that. Make the Niners use their timeouts. But third down, that's why you got Stafford and you gave up those two first-round picks. Third and five on the 43-yard line. Like, put the ball in his hands and let him win it for you. To run it three straight times there was doing exactly what I wanted as a 49ers fan. So you're right about McVay. Again, big spot, chance to be aggressive, and he puckered. He does not play to win the game. He's not. No. He doesn't know Herm Edwards. He's not familiar with that. Um, well, he's pretty young. Yeah, yeah, maybe well, maybe one day he'll figure it out if he doesn't burn out first. You know, isn't that funny? I've seen like a, a lot of stuff about that in terms of like him maybe not He's being back. About it. Yeah, um, that would be weird. Uh, okay, moving into my top five stats. I have the Tennessee Titans at number five overall. It's kind of a weird team. Like this is the number one seed in the AFC. The Titans, who no one really feels amazing about, and no one honestly thought would be in this position to get the number one seed. They're not really a juggernaut, but they do have talent. Uh, and and honestly, the way they ended the season wasn't great, by the way. Like where I, I thought they might blow that game to the Texans and then get swept by that Houston team, a team that, that think about that. Like you, you, they almost got swept by the Texans. Now, obviously, you get this by, you get rested up. That's going to be big for them because they've had some injury issues, especially on offense. None bigger than Derrick Henry, who is the identity of their team. So if you mm-hmm. get that guy back, that's a pretty big deal. And you can get to the AFC Championship game again, especially if they have the number one seed and you have this advantage working for you. And we've seen them not only beat the Chiefs, but steamroll the Chiefs. Now, you know, is that the result of the next game when these two teams meet? Probably not, but they have it in them. So I don't think you can say um, that they can't, you know, get to the championship game. Can they be the best team in the NFL? Can they win the Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill? Can you see that happening? I ask you stats. (sighs) Tannehill does make some surprising plays, but no, I just can't. And I don't know if I'm scarred from the Miami time and and the Tannehill there, but I just can't picture it. No, even though I love Vrabel situationally, I think he's fantastic in critical spots. I just can't put Tannehill there. I I have them at number five in my rankings. It's the lowest I've ever ranked a number one seed in any kind of playoff hierarchy. I just, I can't. And having the buy helps because that's one less game they have to play. But when you look at the other teams that they are going to have to face, I just... I cannot do it. I just think that ultimately, if it comes down to a big spot, which I think it will, and Ryan Tannehill has to throw and make a play. I mean, Julio Jones has basically been a ghost this year. Tennessee has one playmaker when you look at receivers, and it's A.J. Brown, who's great. But I just think that that's not going to be enough to get them where they want to go. What do you think is more likely uh, if you can pick one of these two options? Titans win the Super Bowl. Titans lose their first playoff game. Oh, it's way more likely the Titans lose their first playoff game. I wouldn't be stunned mm. at all if they lost their first playoff game. That wouldn't shock me. I mean, look, I got them at five in the rankings for a reason. I would be way more surprised if they if they're raising the Lombardi Trophy. Like, I, I shouldn't say I would be completely stunned because this year in the NFL has been crazy. But of all the bets I think I could make, I, I Tennessee would not even be close to where I would put my money. Who's next up on your list, stats? Let's see. That would put me down at number five of the Titans we just did. I said the Bills were four earlier, so I have the Chiefs at three. Mm. 
The Chiefs, man, I'm trying not to be too influenced by what we've seen in the years past with them because this year's Chiefs team is a different team. They're they're not the Patrick Mahomes 50 touchdown team. It's it's just not the same. Um, But they're still they still have Mahomes. They still have Andy Reid. They have a ton of playmakers. Andy Reid has a ton of experience. I do think sometimes he can get away from the run game to his detriment a little bit. Mm. And Mahomes (laughs) this year has been a little. To me, he looks like he kind of bails on the structure of the play too soon sometimes. But given all the success they've had in the playoffs, I couldn't put them any lower than three. I have the Bengals at four, as I already mentioned. Um, so just above the Titans. And then I have the Bucks at number three, but we'll get into them in a second. To touch on what you said about the Chiefs, who I have at number two, uh, you know, it is it's still Patrick Mahomes. It's still Andy Reid. It's still you know, Tyreek Hill. It's still Travis Kelsey. Um it's hard to, you know, totally count those things out. Also, you know, you look who the Chiefs are playing in the first round stats. It happens to be my worst team in this list in the Steelers. And it's like, okay, well, you kind of feel confident that they can win at least one game. And that's a good start. Uh, and obviously see how it goes from there. Uh, yeah, man. I, I do think this defense, you know, especially going up against the Broncos here, like that game was a little too close for comfort mm-hmm. for the Chiefs, or it should have been. And you're kind of like, oh, is this defense kind of not all fixed and might get back to that? And maybe not quite as bad as it was early in the season, but certainly not being you know, the strength it was for a while there and kind of carrying the offense when the offense was in a rut. Um, so it's kind of funny. You know, we can poke holes at all these teams. I think we've probably said uh, over the course of this show, like this team can't win it, or, you know, these are all the reasons they can't win it. And obviously these teams have, you know, a number of them at least have good things going for them. And yeah, when it comes down to that for me, I just, I think, you know, having Mahomes, having Andy Reid, even if they're not in peak form, and even if the Chiefs, like you said, they're a different team this year and not in a good way, <laughs> like there's, but they're still the Chiefs. So, um, you know, no one is shocked if at the end of the year, like they're the team that wins the Super Bowl. Totally agree with you. I have two teams left. Not surprising. By now, you know who they are. Bucks at number two. They're the defending Super Bowl champions. Tom Brady is setting career highs at age 43. They have everything you could want. Uh, my one question about them is Bruce Arians. I don't love Bruce Arians. I think he's too aggressive at times. Uh, I mm. like being aggressive, but I think he needs to rein it in sometimes. And then I have the Packers at number one because Aaron Rodgers is the MVP of this season. He's incredible. And when he is at his best, there is no defense for him. There is no scheme. There is no nothing you can do to stop him. So I have the Packers at one and the Bucks at two. Also, specifically at home, like the the Packers have been untouchable and Aaron Rodgers has been untouchable in Green Bay. Now, obviously, what lost to the Bucks last year, but like, okay, the Bucks went on in the Super Bowl. So, um, so maybe if you can beat that, you do have what it takes to go the distance, but not just any team is going into Lambeau and winning there. It's really, really tough to do. And specifically this year, like when we talk about all oh, the Packers don't have the best point differential or everything, or, you know, Aaron Rodgers had that really bad game to start the season. Again, all that's on the road. That's, you know, they're, they're at Lambeau in the playoffs guaranteed. So I think, you know, they're definitely on, they should be the undisputed number one. Like they're the number one team. They have the best player in the NFL, or at least the top player, I think, you know, should be the MVP and Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, so really good for them. On the Bucks note, obviously a lot of Eagles fans will care about this stats because that's who the Eagles are playing in the first round. And I think there's a lot of concern where Jonathan Jennings' defense here has been pretty bad against top quarterbacks and has allowed, obviously, uh, five of them this season to complete over 80%, or at least 80% Ooh. of their passes, which is 
just a crazy number. And uh, so there's some concern about that. But I don't know. Uh, I know this isn't the look ahead, but I would advise you, Stats, maybe not RJ, because uh, I know you guys are, are doing the, the bet thing, that uh, I, I kind of like to take the points in this game. I think it's like it started at uh, Eagles plus seven. I think it's jumped up to like plus nine. I think mm. I think the Eagles can make this a game. It's it's tough to say like they're definitely, you know, Jalen Hurts in his first playoff start is definitely going to be the, the greatest player in the history of sport in Tom Brady. Um, but I don't know. I, I think uh, something, you know, that get touch, gets touched on with the Bucks team is that they weren't a juggernaut on their way to the Super Bowl last year. Like they didn't necessarily make it look easy against the freaking Washington football team who was playing an XFL backup quarterback and Taylor Heineke and got <laughs> into the playoffs with a losing record. Like that didn't go super easy for them. Um, obviously the Packers win is impressive, but you know um, it wasn't like a cakewalk for them. Uh, yeah. So th- like their, their path to the Super Bowl, and obviously they beat like a dilapidated uh, Drew Brees who's at the end of his rope to, to, to finally get to the Super Bowl. Um, so uh, and, and they dominate the Chiefs from when they're there. But like the, the Bucks aren't like indestructible to me. They're not this like team that you just, you just don't stand a chance, chance against. I think if anyone is, you know, like Thanos level uh, in, inevitable, it is Aaron Rodgers. I would agree with that. The Bucks, not this sounds like a knock, but just to say that they are not like unbeatable, like you said, is I think that's totally legitimate. I'll never forget Tom Brady throwing three interceptions in the NFC championship game last year that yes. the Packers ended up basically doing nothing with, but those interceptions uh, did happen like that. You can't just ignore them. And so I agree with that. I think that the bucks should be very high, but I totally think that they are not to me, the number one team uh, in these playoffs. And that's why I didn't have them at number one in my power rankings. Okay. We're getting a little long here, but quickly I want to get to our MVP and LVP points of the week. Uh, I have two MVPs and one LVP. Can I go first with my MVP? And we touched on it earlier. Derek Carr for the Raiders. Like, he had every reason to give up on this season. We didn't even know if we were talking at the beginning of the year, like maybe Gruden's going to get rid of him. Gruden gets fired in the middle of the year. The whole Henry Ruggs situation. Every reason to fold. You've got Justin Herbert making incredible plays on fourth down over over and 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 over again. And he still hangs tough. They score on five of their last six possessions in the game. I give Derek Carr credit. He gets my MVP. Derek Carr has come up in some really big spots this year and has had to because the Raiders have been in overtime games. So uh, I definitely think you have to give him credit. I think this was like a stock up season for Derek Carr. I mean, ultimately, you know, he is kind of what he is at a, at a, as a player at this point in his career. But I think like the perception of him should be a little bit higher, at least at the very least, than it was heading into the year. I know I was pretty tough on him kind of saying that he's in that Kirk Cousins level of like, He's good enough, but he's like not quite good enough at the same time. He's good enough that you're not going to replace him, um, but he's not good enough that you're never going to win anything. And the Raiders made the playoffs. And I think um, the shortcomings of the the team as a whole, the season, you know, largely were not on him when you look at all that went on. So uh, stock up for him. I think that's a, a worthy MVP point. Uh, my one, I kind of spoiled last week. I said I was going to – I was considering T.J. Watt last week. Um, I was between him and Aaron Rodgers, and I figured I'd give it to Rodgers because Rodgers wasn't going to play much in Week 18, and I didn't want Aaron Rodgers to have a negative point in our MVP standings or zero because uh, that that would just not be right to me. So I'm going to give it to T.J. Watt, who obviously tied the sack record 
Uh, kind of a bummer. He didn't get it clean, especially the way it happened. But uh, whatever. I mean, still pretty good. He's a big reason why the Steelers are even in the playoffs. So I think this is like an also like reasonable actual MVP vote because where are the Steelers if they don't have TJ Watt mm-hmm. generating all this pressure? So that's my MVP. I totally agree with you. He has been unbelievable this year. Defensive player of the year. And I saw a stat too that he only rushes 80% of the time. So it's not like he's rushing the passer time for a sack every single play. 20% of the time, he's not even attempting to sack the quarterback, and he's still tied the single-season sack record. That's unbelievable. Good job by you. My second MVP, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but I just wanted to give him credit, and that's Dan Campbell of the Lions. He played this game against the Packers exactly how you want a team to play spoiler. He didn't just go out there and go through the motions. They were throwing the kitchen sink at the Packers. Every kind of trick play that you can do, Dan Campbell was doing you know, flea flickers, reverse passes, whatever it was, he threw everything at Green Bay. The Lions got the win. Credit to him. I just, I respect him for that, for not just going out and mailing it in. I like that from Dan Campbell. What could the Lions have done more this year? Like, than they did, right? Like, what can they really have? And, you know, if they don't get unlucky against the Ravens, they win another game. So like, you know, they, they were in some spots too, where they, okay, they could have another win here or there. And, and how could you reasonably expect like any coach? Like let's, let's say you drop freaking like Belichick or, or Bill Walsh into the, you know, the line, like in their primes to the lions this year, right. like how many more games are they winning? Like, I think Dan Campbell did a good really point. good job with the very limited talent that they had. He kept them fighting in it to the end. And I, this is, this is, I just feel like if you're a Lions fan, this is exactly the season realistically that you wanted to see. You wanted to see the team fight hard. You wanted to have hope going into next season. Now, obviously, you know, it's a big off season for the lions. They're going to have to get these draft picks, right? They're going to have to figure out quarterback because they very much don't have an answer there. And mm-hmm. it's not like there's a, obvious one staring them in the face you know with the second overall pick um so there's some things to figure out and they're not necessarily you know guaranteed to make all those right decisions but i think there is hope there in detroit and that's a nice thing to have you have two lvp points i know where you're going with one of them so just go ahead and get <laughs> it out of the way how can it not be carson Wentz? that's <laughs> it's, it's it's insane that all of the colts had to do to make the playoffs was to win against the Jags. And now I get it. Look, Jacksonville slash London has been somewhat of a house of horrors or has been a house of horrors for the Colts. They've not won, as we know, a road game. The Colts have not won a road game against the Jags since 2014, which is crazy. But like, I don't care. Like it's the worst team in the NFL. The team that I've had at the bottom of my power rankings for basically most of the year, you're 15 and a half point favorites. You have (laughs) a legitimate MVP candidate in Jonathan Taylor, you have things going for you. How do you not win this game? And a big reason why is because Carson Wentz was incredibly, incredibly not valuable. And he turned the ball over. Like he always does. He fumbles because he always does. And not like fumble in like a bad luck way. Like he was about to throw a pass and someone just happened to like hit his arm as he, you know, uh, was, was like going, winding up to throw. No, like he fumbled in a spot where, Pressure was bearing down on him. And instead of just going down and getting to the next play, he tried to do something, you know, too much, like he always does, because he thinks he knows best and he can't <laughs> understand or can't realize. And like, look, a lot of people are like, why do you talk about Carson Wentz so much from an Eagles perspective when I bring him up? And like part of the reason I bring it up is because obviously it's related to the Eagles. And now the Eagles benefit from the Colts missing the playoffs and getting the 16th pick in the draft as opposed to 19 at best or whatever, you know, the Colts finished in the playoffs. And part of it is like, because 
I like to. I'm going to be the guy who said I told you so with this because I said that it was never as simple. And it's not even just about Carson Wentz. This is just you know a bigger thing I have about you know struggling players and sports and stuff. It's not always the coach. Everyone always wants to blame the coach. You can't just be like we need to get a different coach and that guy can fix Carson Wentz because that's what everyone said that Frank Reich could do and would do so easily. It's like you just get him with the right coach and it'll be fine. No, it doesn't work like that. In the case of Carson Wentz, I said it time and time again. Like everyone was talking about him last offseason. Oh, we have to fix him. We have to fix him. Carson Wentz has to want to be fixed and want to fix himself and realize and admit that he has a problem and he can't do that and he won't do that. And there's a like a lot of evidence to support this. And a lot of people have tried to gaslight the people who have been out in Carson Wentz. And another thing, by the way, is in all of this and why I think it's important is it's okay to change your opinion sometimes long term on a guy. Like I used to be a big Carson Wentz guy, but there was a point last season and it was really going into last year where I was like, I learned new things in terms about his personality. Right. And I kind of just, some of the, and I'm like, I can't be in on this guy anymore. Cause like uh, the, the, the doubters, they're actually right. And the skepticism is actually right. Like this is not the guy. So, um, I, and I think some people for some reason are still holding on to that. And I don't get it, especially in Philly, because you don't owe this guy anything. I mean, Carson Wentz did help the Eagles win the Super Bowl, undoubtedly. And everyone is grateful for that. I uh, didn't seal the deal, but you know, he got them in a good spot. But anyway, um, question for you stats. Did you see, what Jaguars fans were wearing in the stands on Sunday. The clown paraphernalia. No, no. They were wearing Carson Wentz uniforms. Oh, geez. Oh, my goodness. I mean, look, I said it going into the week. This was a handle your business game for the Colts. But the problem was that Carson Wentz is not a handle your business quarterback. He is not. Multiple turnovers in the game and the Colts lose. And where are they now? They're do they need, you know, do we need a quarterback? Do we not? Frank Reich is saying yeah. he is our quarterback, but that's not really a statement of support. So I agree with you. It's a mess. Carson Wentz gets the biggest piece of blame pie in Indianapolis. My only LVP of the week goes to Sean McVay of the Rams. Like you cannot, cannot, cannot get beat six straight times by somebody in your division when many of those times you have had the better team. And yet, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo, whether it's Nick Mullins, Sean McVay just gets owned by the 49ers. And what's worse, dude, you can't be celebrating in the end zone with your team after you score a touchdown to go up 17 to nothing to the point where the referee goes onto the end zone and pulls you off the field. And it's like, get <laughs> out of here. Like, what are you doing? He clearly wanted this game. And you could see the Niners start coming back and McVay got worried. He pulled Matthew Stafford to the side after Stafford threw his first interception and was trying to give him a pep talk. Then the Niners tie it up, and McVay gets the whole team around him on the sideline, huddles everybody up, and he's talking to them, trying to get them pumped up in this game. I think the Niners live rent-free in the Rams' heads. And Sean McVay, I mean, you had the division on the line. Now, I know they still ended up winning it because Arizona lost. But you had things to play for. You got absolutely owned in your stadium. 49ers fans came into there, and the Rams had to go to a silent count in their own stadium. That's how loud and how many 49er fans were there. I just give it to McVay. You cannot get destroyed consistently by one team in your division with something on the line. He gets my LVP. Well-deserved. Never been a Sean McVay guy uh, in the bigger picture. Obviously, you know, he's a good coach in terms of, you know, they win every year, blah, blah, blah. But uh, they haven't been able to win the big one, and that's kind of a big deal. And getting back to the burnout thing really quick, like that I, I'm thinking about it here. I mean, it's it's not hard to envision a scenario where like, at some point he's going to be like, what do I have to do? Like, how do I finally get over the hump? I, I thought, OK, I just need the quarterback, right? I just get rid of Garrett Dick. 
Jared Goff, that's going to make the difference. And then if it doesn't this year, at what point is he like, I, I, I can't do this. I'm done. Like I'm winning all the time in the regular season, but I, I'm, I'm, it's draining. And, and also, you know, like if he's looking at, you know, I mean, it's relevant because it, it happened. Obviously this isn't a new thing, but like, you know, think about like the legacy of John Madden. And now obviously John Madden was a way better head coach than Sean McVay. And he won the Super Bowl. He's, one, he's arguably the best head coach ever, but like, if McVeigh is smart, he might be able to look at that path and be like, I can do, go down that road instead. I don't have to be, you know, coaching and everything to be fulfilled. I can make a ton of money because ESPN is going to like backload, uh, you know, uh, or, or load up. Uh, I'm, I forget the phrase. I don't know the phrase I'm looking for here. Seth. They're going to back up the, the truck with yes. a bunch of money in it. Yep. He's uh, have an just, offer. It, Yes. Um, so, like, why not do that? And why not be this, like, beloved figure? Like, he's not going to be ripped, you know, as an analyst the way he would be, you know, if he's, like, get, you know, oh, too conservative, not going for it, or, or he's becoming known as the guy who's not winning Super Bowl. So there's that. Uh, I, I agree with that. Uh, my final LVP point stats is Chris Ballard, because what are you doing trading a first and a third round pick for Carson Wentz? What would you rather have stats? Would you rather have Carson Wentz for the cost of a first and a third? Or would you rather have Gardner Minshew? For a fifth round pick, because unquestionably, have a six, yeah, it's it's that's easy. That is right. easy. It's Gardner Minshew, and I think that the Colts have been scarred by what happened with Andrew Luck. He retired. They had no plan. They got in Philip Rivers. They've been kind of having to like adjust on the fly. And I think that this they got kind of sold a bill of goods with this whole we can bring in Carson Wentz and we can fix him. No, I agree with you completely. Chris Bauer deserves the LVP. It's a really bad spot for the Colts to be in, in terms of you took a, bit, a step back from last year. You thought you not only finally found like your long-term answer, um, but an upgrade this year, and they clearly didn't. And I, I don't love this idea because a lot of people said this about the Eagles last year, like, oh, you're kind of just stuck with Carson Wentz and you should just stick with him. Um, but I don't know. I don't feel like the Colts should really just be like, well, we have to keep him. And then we're just stuck with him because that could be another bad season. But uh, we'll see. Uh, if Chris Ballard can actually prove that he doesn't belong to be in this category. <laughs> Two LVPs for you. They both go to Indianapolis Colts. Not exactly stunning. That's going to do it for this edition of the Off Day Debrief. Again, we remind you, please rate, review, and follow the SB Nation NFL show. You take the time to leave a review. We take the time to read it. It's playoff football, baby. It is the best time of the year. Enjoy your week, and we'll talk to you next week. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.